What do a flower walk, follow the leader, and bubbles all have in common? They are ways that we can work on communication during the summer. I have an amazing conversation today with Bridget Geraldo. She is a speech language pathologist, and she shares with us 11 easy, actionable ways that we can help support either our clients or our own children's communication during these summer sunny months. Bridget is a licensed speech language pathologist. She actually started working in the field, working with adults and segued into working with younger learners. She owns her own private practice and she also runs two websites, speechtherapytalk.com. And she also has a membership site for speech language pathologists. So if you want to jazz up your own intervention, you want to stay tuned. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 75 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. We have a really great show for you today. Today, we have with us Bridget Geraldo. Thank you so much for joining us, Bridget. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I was doing some research because your episode is going to air in the summer. And so I think I had Googled speech therapy strategies for summer and your blog post came up and it was exactly what I wanted to cover on the podcast today. And and we've just met today. Thank you for coming on. But um, I wanted to make sure that we talk about some fun summer strategies that we can use. And you had this great blog post and we're just going to kind of talk through some of those strategies about ways that we can work on communication and make it fun and and all those things that we love to do um, as speech therapists and and all that great stuff. But um, for those of us that don't know much about you um, and your work, can you just tell us how you got into the field and kind of what you're up to now? Sure. So I have been practicing for, oh gosh, we're going to have to do a lot of math here, for 16 years now. And Oddly, I originally got into speech therapy because I wanted to work with just adults. I wanted to work in hospitals. I liked dysphagia. I liked the anatomy. I liked muscles. I liked, you know, the science behind all of that. So I worked in hospitals, rehab, um, you know, subacute, all that kind of stuff for years. But then life happens and you move all around and all of that kind of stuff. We think we moved four states, four state lines. And so I had lots of different jobs. And in one of my jobs, I had outpatient pediatrics. Because even in grad school, I focused mainly, mainly on adults. Oh, wow. It was the reason why I wanted to get into speech was I wanted to help people. I liked medicine. I liked hospitals. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, wow. Anti-me. Okay. It's funny <laughs> how this all like... I just had... So you probably know Teresa Richard. Do you know who that is? She no, she wasn't. She wasn't around when I was in hospital. Oh, okay. Oh, that I know. I mean, yeah. All this awesome like teacher paid teachers was just yes. starting. Yes. I so Teresa Richard has started this thing called the Med SLP Collective, and. I think she actually thought she wanted to work with kids and then she got into the field and then somehow she switched to adults. And it's just so funny because now she has this huge membership and podcasts is all centered around adults. And 
the thing that's funny about speech therapy is that our scope is so broad. And that's really what I loved about it is that you could reinvent yourself. So if you like get burned out working with a certain population of person, then you could help somebody else. So I love that. Okay, And I did. Yeah, I did. I did get burned out. Well, we moved so much and I was getting burned out with the hospitals, with productivity, all that kind of stuff, the schedule. Once I had kids and I was in a private practice in Tennessee and I loved the idea of it. (laughs) And I was liking kids and the whole um, articulation, oral motor, you know, that kind of fit what I loved about dysphagia, but turns out I was very talented at connecting with kids. So as you know, life happened. I eventually opened up my own private practice now in a suburb of Chicago. And now I work mostly with children, oddly. <laughs> and I love it. I love going to work every day. Yeah. And a lot of oral motor, phonology, articulation, some early language, but I just like the all the muscles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. For- Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So cool. So today I know you're going to share some strategies that we can kind of use to work on communication um, in the summer months. I think sometimes we have kind of a mix of professionals and parents that listen to the podcast. And I think sometimes, you know, it's hard to know like, oh my gosh, you know, what if my child was getting speech therapy during school, but maybe they don't qualify for ESY or maybe they're not doing supplemental in a clinic, you know, or even um, professionals that are listening in, because even if you're providing therapy in the summer, especially if you live places where where we live, like, you know, summer definitely feels fun. You can actually be outside. It's sunny. It's like very different than California, right? It has a different vibe. So I've definitely worked ESY in the summer. I've worked in, you know, year round programs for kids with autism, but it, it actually, summer does feel like it feels lighter. It's like, okay, yeah, we're still working on your IEP goals, but this is fun. It's like camp, you know? So, right. So what, are, so what are some strategies that you wrote in that blog post that you could share with us about communication? So. Uh, That's why I like private practice because I do get to work so closely with families. So I think it's really important when we do home practice that the children are successful. So if something's really hard and you're in that like teaching phase, I don't recommend that parents go home and try that. But the home practice is so key for generalization that I like to have not just like worksheets for home practice, but let's make it as natural as functional the minimal cueing needed from parents, they feel like they know what they're doing. But then we take these like, you know, when you're in a therapy room, it's very contrived. (laughs) We try to make it as natural and as fun and, you know, as possible. But then when they go home, they can take those newly learned skills, especially in articulation and early language, things like that. They can go home and they can do these like fun activities where all of a sudden they take that like working memory, you know, I just learned this thing and try to get it to procedural memory by practicing in these like fun activities summer. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. So for, I'm scanning through right now here. So as you say, like in the summer, there's a lot of really fun things for us to do. So water, and this is a lot of based on my children. So my children both had speech and language issues. So my son was a late talker. And my other son was um, articulation and stuttering. So I used a lot of these and I based this a lot of my children as they were growing up. They're very outdoor boys. Yeah. But the first one, I'm glancing at it, ice, water. So water is just abundant in the summer. I'm actually very much into the environment. That's a whole nother podcast. So (laughs) we actually have rain barrels that we collect all the water. Oh, I love that. I aspire, I aspire to something. I used to live in Austin, Texas, and it was very, 
everybody was like, had their own chickens and they had rain barrels. I'm not that person, but I, I aspire to, I am into that. Okay. And you know, like a compost pile, you know, like all the things like part of me, like really, I love that. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. Rain barrels. Oh, yes. yes. You can pick up your rain barrel from Pasco. They're very cheap or your city might actually rent them for you, or you can buy them for like $50. But we will fill up the rain barrel. And then when the rain barrel's full, we'll play with it. And there's just a lot of things. So I think it is really important to check in with your speech therapist. What are we working on? What is my what is my child pretty good at? How do I cue for it? And what are they going to be successful? And so this is going to be fun. This isn't going to feel as work. And they'll feel good that they're going to put a little effort and, you know, impress their parents with what they know. But you can do a lot with water. So, you know, just concepts, wet, dry, but also articulation. You have the T, you have the R, you know, they can ask for cups. So whenever they're requesting something, they can use their articulation, you know, filling things, dumping things. My my cup is half full, you know, my cup is full, my cup is empty. So I think it's just really important to know. And what this is what I tell parents to like, think of one thing you're going to work on. And then as you interact with your child, you know, cue that through play. So don't overwhelm yourself and try to teach all the vocabulary, but pick like, let's work on like empty and full, you know, and just keep saying that as you play with it, or we're going to work on K's. So maybe a few times when your child asks for a tap, be like, "Mm," you know, (laughs) let's do, you know, point to your throat and see if they can repeat cup or whatever their cue is. So Water, I like because kids are naturally motivated too. They don't feel like it's work. So that's one of my favorite ones. Another one that I still like to do and that my kids still like to do, and they are now older, they're seven and almost 10, um, is bubbles, right? Like all speech therapists love bubbles. Yes. And that's very summer, you know, but also we just learned from our science museum in Chicago like how to make your own giant bubbles. And this is something I can't do in the therapy room, but like you can take pipe cleaners and you can make big bubbles and you can work on so many things with bubbles. You can work on, you know, opening, pop, um, all those early words. You can work on concepts, you know, big, small, um, different colors. You can work on, you know, smashing them, catching them. So you can work on, Uh, verbs, you know, there's tons you can do with bubbles. So, and I feel like a lot of people know the bubble one, right? (laughs) Yes. I do love bubbles. We actually had a lady here in my neck of the woods who her name's the bubble lady. That's what she goes by. And she would actually put people in a bubble. She does like birthday parties and things like that. And she had a kiddie pool and then like something you'd stand on and then she would put you in a bubble and all the kids were doing it at the party and the parents wanted to be in it. It's like something about bubbles that are really, right? and they're, they're inexpensive. I mean, you can definitely go the route where you just get them, you know, 99 cents at the store, or you can get more creative, like you're saying, depending on how much time you have and make a big bubble. I love that idea. That's very cool. And they're just like mesmerizing. Like yes. as an adult, I still like to make the bubble right. and wash the bubbles. <laughs> right. And what's cool about bubbles is, especially for the little ones, it has a lot of the bilabials. So it has a lot of the words and sounds that they can see how to make, you know? So it's very, you've got their attention, they're looking at your mouth, and then you can naturally cue and teach all of these early words. But yeah, you can get creative. You can even get the bubble machines, you know, to right. blows them for you. True. Yes. <laughs> Hands-free. So one I know, so 
sand is another one. And I know some people either love it or they hate it, but it's definitely an outdoor toy. It has to be, you know, I've tried it in the therapy room, didn't go well. <laughs> but I feel like there's kids love sand, like the sensory of it. Um, and you can get it, they get excited for it. So I've, you know, I've tried in the therapy room. I did with my children too, is you can kind of hide things in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. So you can dig for them and work on, you know, those verbs, or you can hide things that have the articulation sound, or you can hide things that have, um, you know, just early language words, you know, spoon, cup. But for some reason, the it's just a very engaging one. It it's is. another one where yeah. kids don't know that they're working on their speech sounds. If you put something in your head, like, oh, we're going to work on vocabulary. So we <laughs> dig for things and they get excited when they find right. it. And they usually yes. want to name it, you know, or you, that's a really good one too, for if you're working on expanding sentences, you know, they find a plate or they find a spoon, then you can say, oh, found spoon or, yeah. you know, look, spoon. And you can start making those two word phrases and just like the, the pouring of it, the sensory you know, sand is just a really good way. You just have to get over the messiness of it and <laughs> yes, just get it. Yes. <laughs> so if you're listening in your type A, maybe you try sand outside or or maybe yes. you go to the next strategy. Yeah, because bubbles, it's all kind of messy. That's what, when I see my younger students, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I need. And because I part of me is I work with middle school, high school students. And then part oh, of the time okay. I have a couple private clients that are in preschool. So it's totally different because my middle school, high school kids, you know, it's just like me and like maybe their coursework or it's just like us chalking you know, so it's definitely different because preschool therapy, there's a lot of things and it's messy. (laughs) It's a lot of messy. You're very busy. You're moving around. Yeah. Yes. It's very different. Okay. Love that. Love that. So one, um, hula hoops. So I found these at the dollar store. Now I'm hopeless. Everyone's hopeless at the actual like hula hooping, but first they're just like, they're really fun. And sometimes they have like the, um, again, this is great preschool, but actually older kids might be able to do this, Yeah. but it has like all the beads in them too sometimes. So like the mm-hmm. sound. So we're more into like rolling them mm-hmm. or we played games where we jumped to them or we would take turns like trying to throw a ball and hit almost like a target practice. Yeah. So you can work again on a lot of articulation like THs, throw, R's, roll, jump, the J, the P. Or following directions too, or concepts, you know, like, oh, find the pink one, or I need the blue one, or let's jump to the yellow one. So sort of like, a, you know, again, another very active game, but you can sprinkle in colors, you can sprinkle in size, you can sprinkle in directions, you can sprinkle in articulation, you know, whatever you need to do. And this is also, yeah, very inexpensive one. Or if you can't hula hoop. <laughs> yes. Or you can just hula hoop, right? One thing that we did for my students that were in a year round, um, they were autistic learners. So they were in a year round program that was like a non-public program. I went into the OT and physical therapy area. They let me borrow some stuff. And I actually took some hula hoops, cones, balls, kind of like what you're saying. And I set up a little obstacle course. So it was kind of working on imitation, follow the leader. It was social because we were doing it together. And so I did a combination of the things you're talking about. Sometimes we would roll them. Sometimes we were jumping or stepping into the hula hoop, stepping out of it. So it's like one of those things that you do. It's like in December, I'm not thinking hula hoop, but in like June and Ohio, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's Let's get get that from target. Okay. I like that. Very good. Good idea. Nice. So my, my fifth one here is chalk. Now I love chalk. Like even my, like my boys are seven to nine and we still love chalk. 
And now they're at like, they'll go down the sidewalk and they'll make roads and then they'll ride their bikes on the roads and they make the stop signs and the U-turns and the parking lot. So I feel like chalk is so engaging still. I mean, me, I'm like, move out of the way. I'm, you know, doing my rainbow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even I still get really into it. Something about like these beautiful colors on the sidewalk. I don't know. It's very engaging. But again, you can work on your colors. You can work on drawing things. So when my son was working on S's, you know, I would just draw things that had the S's in them. So when I asked like, oh, guess what I did? Every time I just made sure he said his S. Um, the correct way, following directions, you know, oh, let's make a small circle. Now let's make a huge circle. Let's do a yellow flower, you know, whatever it is. It's just something that kids, you don't have to work at it, right? They're excited to do it. And you just have to think, yeah, again, what am I working on? What can I do? How can I just practice this in our conversation and our play and cue for it? Yeah. So everyone needs chalk and it's very inexpensive. Mm Mm-hmm. You seem to go through it quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here, yes, in like Ohio or Chicago or anywhere, we don't have flowers year round. (laughs) So my number six one is a flower walk. So I have, I, I love flowers and my boys are into flowers. Flowers are something we only see a few months a year. So we used to go for flower walks. And so we would walk around town and we would look for So this was my, mainly my son who was a late talker, was looking for colors. Like, can we find, how many yellow colors, yellow flowers can we find, you know, practicing flowers, practicing colors, and then putting them in the two word phrase, practicing size, you know, the word found yellow. And usually they're bright colors. They get excited finding them. Um, So we would walk around the blocks and look for white flowers, how many yellow flowers, how many pink flowers. So, and like matching, you know, a little more, but you're, so you're mostly middle school and high school. Well, my, my my private practice is little, little kids. Yeah. Preschool. Mm -hmm. So you know how they like to match. So like, oh, matching, you know, yellow, yellow, we match or um, counting, how many yellow flowers can we count? I mean, you can do some articulation, but I feel like that's more of a little, little mm-hmm. kid one that wants to, um, you know, mostly in a lot of walks in the summers. And then you can think, all right, let's go on a flower walk, kind of like a scavenger hunt, a scavenger hunt with a very specific purpose. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was just talking to another speech therapist, um, uh, which she's going to have an episode that airs in the summer too, a little different, but about summer and communication. And she was talking about a scavenger hunt, but I've done that actually with my own kids where I print out like a Halloween scavenger hunt or a fall scavenger hunt. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think on my blog, I'm going to do a summer. So stay tuned. I'm going to do a summer (laughs) scavenger hunt, you know, where it's like a free principle that people can print out and then you can just cross off. But I, I like the idea of a flower walk because it's so simplistic, but it's like not something I've ever specifically done. But I think it's such a great idea for people. Like even if you're just working in a clinic in the summer or ESY and you're in an area where you can kind of walk around, these are just like really nice, natural, like how you said, kind of like these naturalistic ideas that it's kind of nice just to get fresh ideas. So, okay. Flower walk. I love that. Very nice. And I still, even today on the way to school, my son was like, Oh, the magnolias. I'm very proud. You know, your flowers. And it's stuck maintenance. Uh You maintain those skills. There you go. It's stuck. Okay. So number seven, well, I guess this isn't necessarily a um, summer thing, but follow the leader. I do a very, uh, I do a twist on follow the leader to work on 
prepositions or um, directions, like a child giving directions. So this is for a little bit older, but I should say more treasure hunt than following the leader. Cause this is what I like to do. So my kids like to hide things. So we'll, I'll hide something or they'll hide something and we'll take turns hiding. And then you have to give directions to find it. So like, Oh, go to, you know, in our yard, go to the house and turn left or you know, if they don't know left or right, you know, turn by the stairs, look under the bush or to work on prepositions. um, You know, you might hide a little toy or a ball around the yard or in a park and then give directions to work on those things like, oh, walk through the park, go through the trees, go next to the fence, you know, to work on those prepositions. So it's not follow the leaders per se. I should say it's like giving directions. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's fun though. It's almost like hot, cold. It's like, okay, you're hot, you're cold. I mean, I've done that in a staff meeting before where we're like just something silly, you know what I mean? But I used to, my I have two older brothers and we used to do stuff like that at home. And it is like a fun way to work on communication because you are, you're kind of like, it's almost like kids don't realize it's like, you're really following directions. You know, this is like a social kind of interactive task. Uh So I think for parents, it's like, this is something you could totally just do. Like when you're all sitting watching TV or something, it's as easy as that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I would do that. Yes. It's like, you know, exactly. So we're working on prepositions or we're working on understanding or saying them. So then you take turns yeah. And they have to practice because when they give you a direction, look under and you're looking under and they're like, oh, I mean, on, you know, yes, right. <laughs> you yeah. got to figure it out. So um, I really like that one, but you can do it outside and get some fresh air, which is fun. Okay. Let's see here. Number eight was explorers. So, well, this is just, I mean, completely my children. So they're not, they're not, they're like the explorer, the hikers, the But we would go to a new park all the time. So I was just trying to find a new park. So it's, I guess, just this one is more, this one's more simple, but go exploring. And while you're exploring, kind of think of those vocabularies. So find, look, discover, and more imaginary play. But again, it's, it's just thinking, you know, taking your child's speech goals, what are they getting really good at and how, and just pick one thing, how can I think and how can we work on something while we're out here? So maybe it's just verbs, you know, we're, we're looking, we're exploring, we've, I discovered this, maybe it's grammar, you know, things like that. Yeah. I like that idea because I think sometimes like just the idea of going somewhere new, especially if I have three kids of my own, you know, and <laughs> have a business and work. And, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as like, yeah, we're going to go to a new park. You know, I mean, like that can take a lot of like emotional energy for a parent, especially, you know, let's say you're just at home with your kids in the summer and you're doing something new because it's like, okay, where am I going to park? And what route are we going to take? And But those times you can see so much spontaneous language. I know that that's why I love, you know, providing some therapy for private clients here in my area, because, you know, I do some things that are structured at the table, but like those moments where we're playing and we're doing something unstructured, I always show parents like, look, see, there was so much language, you know, like I have on my data sheet, you know, like spontaneous communication because I am working with autistic learners mostly. And so, you know, there's not always a lot of spontaneous communication at first, but oftentimes when I see it is during these kind of like semi-structured events. So, you know, for parents, sometimes it can feel kind of overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, I should do what, you know, but these can be like fun kind of family activities. And, and sometimes that seems so simplistic, you know, but it can be something that's really cool. And you can kind of see, like, I like that idea of like, what is your child like doing pretty good in, in therapy? you know, cause that's the idea of kind of generalizing it then, you know, to home and to parents. So, okay. Love that. Explore. Good one. 
Yes. And they, we were just big explorers. So this one, okay. So nature, so, and they're still into this. So we would collect, so we have an oak tree. So the, you know, those little acorns or pine cones, we have pine trees or sticks and we would, you know, make things with these. So this is more for storytelling, for um, who questions, where questions, but we would collect all these things and then we would make stories out of them. So they definitely have a speech therapist for a mother. Um, but I do recommend this a lot to my clients as well. So, you know, the little acorns are our people and the sticks, we'd make parking lots and houses. And there's just something about like all this stuff that you can find in nature. Like kids just collect rocks and leaves and pine cones naturally. And then we would work on, or I recommend to everybody, not just my children, but working on um, some who, where questions like, you know, this is the, oh, who is this? Who is this? What are they doing? What happened? So you can work on who, where, you can work on setting, you can work on, oh, you know, they all fell over. What happened? Um, you know, why? And you can just kind of create this like nature, fun, free, imaginative play and kind of work on all those early language skills. Yeah, I love that. And I think we have one more strategy. What's our final, final, our final one? Well, oh, I like this one. Okay, there was two. I did top 11. So one balls, that's easy. Throw balls, catch balls. We got that. I found. So we would go, we would try to look for something. So like we needed pine cones and I would practice like a think out loud strategy. Like mm, we need pine cones. Where should we look and think, I would, you know, I would look for a pine tree because these are under pine trees. So it's, I would practice um, when we need to find something, I would practice thinking out loud to think through reasoning skills. Like if we need sticks looking, you know, on our patios, if there's no trees around, it's not great. So if we need sticks, what do we need to look for first? So to work on, um, to go on basically a scavenger hunt, but then think out loud. So go through, you know, your reasoning, your oral reasoning to teach them reasoning and, and problem solving skills. I love that. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is such great. I feel like everybody's therapy should be infused with lots of, lots of good ideas and fresh ideas. So I love that you came on and you shared that. Thank you. If anybody has any questions about you or your work, can you let them know where they can find out more about you? Sure. So I have a website, speechtherapytalk.com. Um, and that has a lot of free information. There's a lot of free downloads. There's actually hundreds of pages of ideas, a lot of background for parents just on speech and language development. And then I also have a membership site, members-speechtherapytalk, and that has a lot of print of thousands and thousands, actually, (laughs) of like print and no print materials. So I am into saving the earth. So a lot of no print materials, but I do have some print materials too. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Bridget. It was really nice to meet you. And I think these were- Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.